Hey guys, welcome to your next stop with Juliet Hahn. I am another clubhouse person. I know it's, it's been like every other and there's so many people that listen are going to be like, wow, another clubhouse, but it is where I'm finding so many interesting, amazing people that have followed a passion and turned it into a career. So this is exactly what this podcast is about. So welcome Laura Weston. How are you? Good. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Juliet. Yes. I'm really excited to hear your story because I don't know anything about it. I've seen a little bit on social media, but you know, everyone knows my listeners know that I like to know a tiny bit, but then I love to know the nitty gritty as we go. So you are a financial coach. Is my correct on that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Welcome to your next stop. This is Juliet Hahn. I am a wife, mom, virtual coach, public speaker, and crazy obsessed dog lover. I am so honored to be able to take you into the life of someone that has followed a passion. Every week, I hope you are as inspired as I am. Welcome to your next stop. So if you could just share with my listeners how you became a financial coach, but like what, like where you were, I mean, some people even go back to their childhood, uh, where they decided they fell in love with something and then their path took them to different places, but that they came back to it. So I just would love to hear how you decided to be a financial coach, you know, where you were in your career before and all that stuff. So if you can share with my listeners a little bit about you and your journey, that would be amazing. Yeah, of course. So I'm a financial coach and I help and support families to be as educated as they can around money, to be as financially savvy as they can so that they can pass that on to the future generations. So I guess that part of the passion comes from being a parent myself and it being quite clear that financial education isn't talked about enough. And certainly in the UK, it's not part of the normal curriculum. Um, And I know that's fairly similar over in the States. So that's that part of the business. But really, I've got to this point in my career after working at a retail high street bank for 20 years. So I joined the bank when I was 18. Um, It was one of those careers that I kind of like fell into. It was my, my father sort of said, you know, let's explore some options, what's available rather than going to university. What could, what career can you get into without a degree education? And so I joined the bank and they actually paid for me to do a degree as well as work at the same time. So it's like a win-win. Oh, that's, yeah, Sounded that's awesome. great. Um, yeah. And then I ended up staying there for 20 years. Now, if I'm completely honest, I was ready to move into my next chapter, start something new, become my own boss, probably about 10 years into that journey. But yep. around that same time, I also got married and decided I wanted a family. So I focused on having a family um, and building that part of my life. So I kind of like, I didn't put my career on the back burner, but I got to senior leadership in the bank. I was in a good place and I'd sort of done that job for a few years. So I could, you know, almost kind of do it in my sleep, you know, when you get to that stage. And um, so I kind of had, I I had quite a few breaks where I went in and out of work on maternity leave because I had three children in three and a half years. So I was in and out, (laughs) in and out, in and out. I literally like went back pregnant, came away, went back pregnant again. That's exactly what it was like. And so now I've got to a point where I'm not going to be having any more children. um, And my youngest is sort of two, 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 three. And I've decided now's the time to make the jump out of that corporate world into becoming my own boss. And the reason why that really only seemed as the best option is because 
first of all, I couldn't see myself working for another organization or another bank because when you've worked for someone for 20 years, their values, their policies and the procedures are just ingrained in you. And secondly, I was kind of at the top of my game in the bank. There was nowhere to go from a, an income point of view. You know, my boss was the same grade as me. So it wasn't right. like, you know, even going for my boss's job wouldn't get me any further ahead. So really moving into being self-employed was the only way I saw that I would be able to reinvigorate my, my passions and, and continue to reward myself for that if that makes sense and continue to grow. It no, it totally does. And I love that, you know, so, I mean, you could have stayed and been like, okay, uh, I'm going to stay and just do this and, and just like live life and, you know, be happy. But like, there was something in you that was like, you know what, I, I want to go and venture a little bit more. I want more. I've, you know, put in 20 years and I, I would like to see this grow. And the fact that your family came in, you know, such a quick time. I have three children as well. They were all two years apart, not a year apart. So a little, little different there, but it does. When you have children, you kind of, your eyes open up in a different way and you want to start teaching them something. So is that kind of as, because yeah, here in America also finances is not in the education um, system, which is so ridiculous. I mean, I guess there are some classes. I have to say my son that's in high school next year, they can take like how to balance your checkbook. And I'm like, do, do people still balance a checkbook? I don't think they do that. So that's like a little bit old, but okay. At least it's something, right? It's Mm. something to teach them. So when was it? So when you decided to go into business yourself, was it in family finances right away? Or did that, did you take a kind of a a journey in that as well? No, it was always going to be family finances because it was, it was about who, I was most passionate about helping who could I relate to who um, needed me. And I think, you know, there are lots of families out there that need help and support to get motivated to achieve what they want to achieve within their family. But also at the same time, it's our responsibility as parents to give our children this life skill of financial education. And I I similar it to, you know, swimming lessons. We all prioritize teaching our children how to swim. And from an early age, we send them to a weekly swimming class, most of us. But actually, we don't take the time to teach them how to manage their finances correctly or, or some of even just the basics. And I guess when I look back, it's funny you said about childhood, because when I look back, my parents were great um, motivators into me going out and earning money. I was, you know, I was working and earning money on the local flower store from age sort of 13, 14. So I was earning money from a really young age. But what they didn't do is teach me what to do with it once I got it. So what happened is I, I had lo- access to lots of money from an early age, but I ended up just spending it on what teenagers want to spend it on rather than actually doing something useful with it. So I guess that is part of my journey and my story where I want to be able to teach parents how they can not only educate their children on how to access money, but what to do with it when you've got it. Because I'm sure we could all agree that if we'd had that um, information from an earlier age, we might not have been so wasteful on some of the things that we raised money on in our teenage years. Yes. And you know what? I love what you said. And I want, you know, my listeners to hear this again. When you decided to go into business yourself, you knew that you wanted to go into finance, like family finance, because you knew you, you were a family. 
you had children, you knew that there was a need for it, right? And you and you knew you had a background in it. So even though you didn't have a background in running your own business, which is scary and all of that scary, you did know who you wanted to serve. And so I think when I want my listeners, when you're out there listening and thinking, all right, you know, I'm really good at X, Y, and Z. You know, maybe you're like really good at planting gardens or you're really good with flowers and like landscaping but you don't know how to go into it. Like, how do I go into that? You know, how do I do those potted plants for people? It's taking one step and doing it and thinking who needs that, right? So who needs to go into it? So you could go to your local main street and say, Hey, I know how to do potted plants. Will you guys give me a chance to do a couple because there's a need to kind of beautificate, you know, make the, the main street a little bit more beautiful. And I'm just kind of relating that to what you're saying when you went into business, that you kind of knew who you wanted to serve and you knew that there was a need because yeah. So like my son early last year worked, uh, he got a job at a five-star restaurant in the community that we're in and we're at a beach community. So it is, it can be a very wealthy area when in the summer, especially, and he made so much money. It's insane. And my husband's really good at teaching because I, and not saying that my parents didn't teach me because I'm just, I was never really great with money. I am way better now, but it's uh, my, uh, the, the concept of what a dollar is, is really important to teach children young so they don't get into the situations. Like when I was in the city, I was like, oh, I'm making money. I have a credit card but I was spending way more than I was making. Yeah, I, there's a two, there's a few things on that. I think the thing is with what you're talking about there is that you can't teach someone the passion. So if you can work out what you're passionate about and who you can relate to, who you can serve, you can't teach that stuff. Totally. You can learn everything else. I've had to learn really quickly how to run a business, what services to offer, what platforms to use, what systems to use. But no one can teach me my passion and how I come across, but they can teach me all that other stuff. Yes. So I think that's that's something that I've talked about so many times with staff members over the years that you need to find your passion, what sets your heart on fire, because no one can teach you that. No. And you know what? And you, and I really don't think you, I think you can be so much more successful if you have that passion. So I, I don't, I started, I literally it's launching in two weeks, a workshop on how to find your passion, how to find your creative passion or a passion and turn it into a money-making business. Because if you have a passion in something, and that's what I was saying about the flower potted plants. If you have that passion, you can make it into a business. You just need to be creative and thinking where and how I can serve, who can I serve with this passion and how can mm. I make it into a business? But as you said, if you have that passion, it can be turned into something. You just have to learn the back end. Yeah. And I think what people often do is they think, oh, I can't turn this into a business. There's not enough money to be made by planting flowers. But what they don't realize is that a business is so much more than that. If you can see it as so much more than what can I do with not just this one income stream, but how can I create lots of things coming into my business, then it can be successful. I I agree with you. I think any passion can be turned into a business, but you need to think bigger than just that original idea you need to you know you need to spread wider and think about what's needed and who needs it yeah and i think it's what's really important is if you have that and this is what my workshop teaches them if you have that thought process and you 
go for it, right? You don't have the limiting beliefs that, oh, it's not going to turn into anything. It's not really that important, but you go for it. Other things are going to open up and it's going to open up. You're going to have opportunities where then all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, that wasn't my original plan, but now I see the bigger picture. I see where this can fit in and I see where this can be a business. Yeah, definitely. hundred percent. And what you were just saying there about your own sort of money journey, as it were, is that that's so typical that people learn from what they're seeing from their parents and what you've experienced. And the same as what I've experienced is that we're aware of what those messages were that were given to us. And we've taken the opportunity to change them and re-educate ourselves and take a different perspective. But a lot of people don't do that. So that's why my job's so important, because your children are directly learning from you from a very young age. And so if you're not careful, they will just literally simply simulate you. So if you're bad with money, you're forever spending on credit cards, you don't have any savings, you're often saying we can't afford that, then that is the life that they are going to leave as well, because they are just going to copy what you're sharing with them, which is why if you have had that upbringing in whatever format it is, and you, you don't agree with how it was portrayed to you as a child, then now is the time to change it because otherwise your children are going to have the same thing. Right. So I love that. So can can you just give us like a little example? So if uh, someone came to you and said, okay, I need help with, you know, I want to educate my my kids. How do I do that? So can you take us through like what you do with your clients? Yeah, of course. So um, something that's quite shocking that a lot of people don't realize is that children start deciding their relationship or their attitude towards money from age seven. So I I start to say, (laughs) you know, from age four or five, you can be talking to them about money, talking to them about things within the household from that age. And then by nine, they are dead set on how they're going to approach money in the future. So that's how young we need to start with our children. And then what I do with my clients is I talk to the parents about their goals, what they want to achieve. Uh, Maybe there's a structure that needs to change or, you know, whatever their goals are, there tends to be two or three. And then what we do is we find a way to encompass the whole family into that goal. So you're achieving your family goal, but you're educating your children at the same time. So I've got a client, for example, that's working hard towards going on a once in a lifetime trip to Australia to see her brother. So historically, she would have just planned to save for that with her husband and then would have made their own little plan. But what they've done now is they've talked to the children about the cost of that, what it will mean to them. Let's set up a a countdown. So they've got a countdown in their house. They've got a, um, a pot of ideas that they're pulling out ways in which they can make more money to put into the Australia fund. And their children are now so much more involved in that goal that they'll have so much more value of it when they actually go on that trip because they've worked together as a family. And then aside from that, Um, an easy thing you can do with your children is educate them about segmenting their money because I think this is the one thing that people miss we all talk to our children about what we do for jobs and how much you earn and things like that that's natural part of a conversation but what we don't talk about is what you do with the money once you get it so as soon as children have any access to money from a young age, even from like six or seven, they might have some birthday money. And at that point, when they get access to money, it's your job to say to them, okay, you've got 60 pounds. That's your birthday money. 
Um, we're going to segment this into different ways. So what we want to do is put an amount of money into a small pot, which is our spend now money pot. So we're going to put some of that money into a spend now money pot. What do you want to buy now? We'll go to the shops and get it. We'll go online and get it. That's to spend now in the next few weeks. The medium term pot, we're going to tuck some of that £60 away to save up for something that you might want to buy in six to 12 months time. So then that's a medium pot of money that's kind of a savings account separate from their bank account that's there ready for them to be working towards a goal and saving up for something. And then if you can get them excited about the longer term pot, which is uh, for the longer term plans. So every amount of money you get, if you can start putting just even a small amount of money towards wanting to better buy a car when you're an adult, maybe go traveling if you want to go to university, then that pot of money will contribute as parents, your grandparents will contribute. But if you want to contribute as well, you'll have even more. And because you've got 10 years until you need to spend it, if you put it in the right place, it's going to grow, 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 and kind of getting them excited around those three places in which they can segment their money. And the reason that that's good is because you're helping them understand how they can work towards goals, And you're also displaying to them what real life is like, because we never, unless it's the lottery, we never win money and get to keep all of it, or we never gain money and get to keep all of it. Some of it will go on taxes and national insurance. So that longer term pot is also educating them that some of the money they receive today, they can't have today. They They will have it in the future. Right. So there's, there's so much education there, but I would say that's the most basic way you can explain to children. I love that. Now I'm thinking, I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> my Because <laughs> your kids. children are past that age. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. Except I have to say, my husband is way better. And my, and I ha- my parents did teach us this for some reason. And we didn't do it in that, in that way, but I do remember like conversations and stuff. But for me, it was like, woo, okay. You know, like I just, I didn't, even though I did work from an early age, I babysat at 12 and I worked all through college and I just don't, I don't have that number sense, if that makes sense. I just wasn't born with that number sense. But as I've gotten older and I did get myself in some trouble, I was like, okay, I need to kind of think about this. Um, But I am such an all or nothing person that Mm. it's also my personality that it's like, you know, boom, I'm all or I'm nothing. So like even in times in our lives where it's like, okay, we maybe needed to be a little bit tighter if my husband wasn't working at the time, I literally then don't do anything. And he'll be like, okay, why is there no groceries? And I'm like, well, because, <laughs> because we're baked beans. <laughs> right. And so it's funny, like through our history. And so he realizes that. So he'll be like, okay, yeah. you're literally like, okay, I don't have any limit on spending or I spend nothing. Like, yeah. But if I you know, know if, you, if you work out your, what I call your money language, your relationship with money, then you can make allowances for that and say, okay, well, the way I'm going to structure my money is I'm not going to spend Wednesday to Friday because right. I'm good at doing all or nothing. So you can plan oh, out. I love your, that. Yeah, plan. You know, give yourself permission to be the true person you are. You don't have to change anything, but just don't be that all the time. Don't all be the that time. extreme. Have a good balance, um, right. and that's that's something that I've recently um, launched. Actually, is a money languages quiz. So you can go onto my website, take the quiz, discover the attitude or language you have towards money, and then what you. Can can do is find ways in which you can rebalance it so you're not just a oh well that's me and there's nothing I can do about it no take a balance of everything you know sometimes it's okay to be an impulsive spender sometimes it's okay to 
not, you know, just spend it now, worry about it later. That's okay, as long as it's all in balance. But if you do those things all the time, then that's when you're going to cause yourself problems. Right. And so I love that you said that because that is, it's funny because my husband and I are very opposite in it, but we also balance each other out really, really well. So there's times where he, you know, he... I grew up in a very big family. So we would go to like the beach in August, but we didn't do these big um, vacations where his family, he came from smaller. So they used to do a vacation every year. So when we got together, it was like, okay, where are we going to go? And I'm like, oh, this is great. This is so fun. We're going places every year. And, and you know, my husband has a, a great career. So we were very fortunate that we were able to do it. But it's funny because we do, there's times that I've gotten him to maybe get something that he wouldn't normally do, but then he's like, I'm really happy that you kind of pushed me to do that. Or I've been like, well, what about this? And he's like, yeah, I don't know if that's the best time. And I'm like, okay, good. So it, I think I love that you said that because there is also with partners that can balance each other out and, and have it where it's not always all or nothing. And obviously that, you know, we've talked to our kids about money. You know, my husband is very good at being like, okay, we're saving here. You're doing this where I am not always, you know, as, (laughs) as good at that, except no, we're not doing that. Or yeah, yeah, that's fine. You know, it's more of where it should have an education. So I love that. So can you tell people where they can find your website so they can take that quiz and they can find you on social medias because what you're doing is really important. And I don't know that there's a lot of people doing that out there. And I could be wrong just because it's not like my main focus. Like I know there's a lot of coaches for life and for parenting and all these different things, but I love that you're so specific in what you're doing. And I, you could tell that you have a passion about it. Like, you know, that you have something that you really can teach and you can see the outcome where it's helping families. So I love that. Yeah. I've come across one other person that does what I do, but she doesn't do it in the same way where I envelope the whole family. So, um, you can do the quiz on my website which is savvypeacocks.co.uk you can also take a listen to my own podcast which might help for some of your listeners it's called money savvy parents so you can find that in the apple store that's now on episode 10 i launched that last month so that's a great education piece for people um and then aside from that my instagram is savvy peacocks and my facebook is savvy peacocks Um, and as you already know i also spend a lot of time in clubhouse so i run a daily room in Clubhouse called Savvy Women, which is um, a different topic every day. We're there at 8 30 um, UK time in the morning, and we cover off a different topic every day, and it's just everything to do with anything about being as savvy as you can be. So that's also a great place to oh, find that's me. So fun. Can you and because because I'm dyslexic, so I have all my guests spell out their stuff. So my if I have of any course. of my listeners that are like, I can't spell that and then I can't find it. If you can spell everything, that would be awesome. Yeah, of course. So Savvy Peacocks is S-A-V-V-Y-P-E-A-C-O-C-K-S. That was a test, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> and if, if, to be honest, if you type Savvy Peacocks in, then you're going to come up with my website, my Instagram, right. my Facebook. It's all it's all linked in there. And then Money Savvy Parents is the podcast. So M-O-N-E-Y and then Savvy, S-A-V-V-Y, and then Parents, P-A-R-E-N. P-A-R-E-N-T-S. <laughs> that's, that's, that's awesome. And I love that you, so I did not know about the, cause we connected months ago yeah. and I, you know, and so I didn't know about the podcast. So that's so exciting that you're doing that. I think it's really smart. When did you start Savvy Peacocks, the business? Uh, start of this year. Oh, you did. Okay. That's amazing. Yeah. So it's all really new and I've been lucky enough to connect with some great people 
in Clubhouse, but also outside of Clubhouse. So it's, right. I've got I've got this big vision and lots of other things going on in the background. So it's really exciting. Do you know, I probably haven't been excited about work for the last 10 years. So it's so refreshing yes. to, to be doing something that I really enjoy. And on top of that, I'm displaying to my children that not the only option is to go out and do a nine to five. You know, you can... Yes build a business, start again after 20 years and build something else up. That's that's part and parcel of what I want to display to my children. So yes, yeah, it's, it's really I, exciting. I'm eventually going to do it after waiting for 10 years. <laughs> but that's what I love that. And I think that's what's so important. And that's why I started my podcast. That's why I started my business because I wanted to show my kids if I can create it, I can make it happen. If I can yeah. create it in my brain, I can actually physically make it happen in the world. You just have to have you have to have some savvy, but you also have to have grit and you have to believe in yourself. And that's the most important. You have to believe in yourself that you can do it. And when you do that, there's so many places and you're going to hit walls. You're going to fail. You're going to learn about things, but all of that just keeps life exciting, right? Because who wants to live a stale, boring life? I know I don't. No, exactly. And the other thing I think with this is that with our children, they're not going to grow up in this world. Now we've had this global pandemic, they're not going to grow up in this world necessarily where they're going to go off on a nine to five and have an office job. Most of them are going to be working from home if they are going to work for a company, which means they're not going to have the commute time. They're going to have more value on their their family time and their time at home, but they're going to be so much more aware of creating different income streams, maybe doing a side hustle. I think there'll be far more entrepreneurs that are coming through as our children grow up. So I think it's a great thing that we can be teaching our our children and their friends as well. Exactly. Now, how old are your children now? Uh, So my um, eldest son will be seven in the summer. Uh, My middle daughter, Violet, she'll be five in the summer. And Addison's just turned three. Okay. Wow. How to yeah. think about that? Because, uh, I, I, like I say, I had them all so quickly together. It's like, oh yeah, how old are they? Um, and then because I didn't have a fourth baby, um, I had a puppy instead. So I've got a one-year-old puppy as well. Wonderful. So that's funny because I tried to have the fourth as well. So I have two dogs because. Oh. <laughs> well, I don't know about you, but I tell you, puppy has been so much harder than any of the children, and she's cost me far more money than any of the children as well. Oh, I well, I always say that. So I do, um, I do rescue work for my my breed is boxers. They're like oh, my lovely. just my heart, and um, it's really funny because when people will say like, I either want a puppy or I want a dog, I always say to them you have to like, really like, I am such a dog person. I mean, I, dogs are my, again, and people that listen, know I am obsessed. I'm obsessed with my dogs and I'm obsessed with animals in general, but they're not easy. And you have to know that you're getting into something. And so when people are like, Oh, I just want a cute puppy. And then they give them up because they're like, it's hard. I'm like, you wouldn't do that to your child. So once you get a dog, it is your family and you have to learn, but it's because they can move and they right away, like a baby can't move. A baby is harder in a way of like, they just need you all the time where a puppy's like, Hey, I don't need you. I'm running out and getting into trouble. (laughs) And so I hear you, but it is, it's funny because when uh, we were ready for, uh, like, as I said, uh, I had my kids all uh, two years apart. So they literally, my first two are 23 months apart and my second two are 25 months apart. And when my daughter, who's the third, I have two boys and then a girl, when she was a year, like, you know, like eight months, nine months, I looked at my husband and I was like, okay, I think it's time. And he's like, he comes, he has one sister, 10 years younger. And he was like, I I, I don't, and we're also now a little old, 
you know, we were older and I said to him, I was like, you know, I want to, he, I, I want a big family, but I also, I came from a big family and I know that's not for everyone. So let's think about like reasons. If you don't, I, I need a good reason, not just because no, I don't. Cause I know I mm-hmm. can, hand, I can handle four. I can handle five. Um, and he said, he's like, financially, I would have to work this much longer to put that fourth one to school. If that's the journey. And I was like, okay, you know what? We don't need to. And, but I was, then we already had a dog. We had a dog before we had kids. So yeah. I was like, I think we need the second dog then. And he's like, go for it. And so, <laughs> what a negotiation that was. Well done. Uh, Juliet. <laughs> so, I, 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 I always say when, when people say to me about the difference between getting a puppy and having that fourth child, I always say, well, at least with a newborn baby, you can stick them on the boob and you know that they're going to go to sleep yes. for a few hours. You cannot do that with a puppy. There is no letdown. There is no sticking them on the boob. And and they don't sleep. <laughs> they so don't. that is why in my book, puppies are harder than newborn babies. <laughs> no, it's so, it's so right. The baby, right. You put them in a carrier and they have that boob and they're, and they're good to go. Yeah. But it's so funny. Cause that's exactly right. A puppy. So our rescue, we, um, we rescued our second and she came when she was older. So it was, it's not as difficult, but it's still like, I walk my dogs five days a week, six days a week. And it's first thing in the morning because if I, well, it's right after I get the kids to school, but if I don't, they're a bunch of assholes. And I always laugh. <laughs> I laugh. Cause I'm like, and everyone in the house knows they're like, you didn't walk them today. And I'm like, no, either, you know, I use, I will walk them in rain, snow, anything. But if I have like an early call or something that yeah. I can't reschedule, sometimes they don't get it. Um, and they are, they all, they get into stuff. They're so naughty and they're like, they're older now. I mean, but it's so funny because it is, it's, it's a harder with dogs, but so I totally, mm. I totally hear you. And, uh, but I would have it no, any other way. I'd like, no, I love I'm the same. She's part of our family. She's not going anywhere, but she's definitely been harder. <laughs> and maybe that's what I need to do. Maybe I need to move her walk earlier on in the day. Cause she doesn't get a walk till about four o'clock in the afternoon for us. So maybe I need to move it earlier on and she might calm down a little bit. <laughs> if you do like I, so, so obviously boxers have a lot of energy, but mm. all of them are different. So like my male, our first, first boxer, she could have, I could have literally ran her like a thousand miles and she still would have had the energy. She would have settled down a little bit, but if I get them going, they know that's the routine. And literally they go and lay down. We puppy sit another boxer. Yes. So there's three dogs here <laughs> right now. And he definitely needs it. Cause he's in that like teenage years, but, um, my two, even my female now or, or female now she's got a lot of energy, but once she gets that walk, it's almost like it's the same thing for me. When I work out, mm. I have to work out when I first wake up because it kind of settles my brain. It brings my energy to like a little bit of a, uh, an, you know, as my husband will say, it's a little bit more manageable for everyone else around when I do my workout and my walk, because I don't drink coffee or anything. I literally wake up like this. And um, right. I know for everyone in my house, that's not morning people. They're like, Oh my gosh. So if I work out, I'm at least a little tired. <laughs> so, yeah. And then I get the dogs right for a walk. And then after the kids go to school. And then I am literally the dogs go to lay down. I go into my work. A lot of times they usually are laying in the bed next to me, but it's right outside the street and they decide they like to bark out so that when I'm recording, they can't, they can't be in the room. They have to be uh, in the room behind me. But what kind of dog did you end up getting? A cockapoo. Yep. Yep. So, um, I was lucky enough that one of my neighbors dogs got pregnant and she had nine in her litter and it was like, okay, well, I know where it's coming from. I know my neighbor, I'm going to be able to meet this puppy the day yes. they're born. Oh, I've got sweet. To have one. So I, I literally met her the day she was born. She chose me. 
And I then went and visited her every weekend and sort of puppy sat these nine puppies for my friend while she went and had a break because she was exhausted. Right. Um, So, yeah, we had a really good bond from an early age. And she's great with the the children considering how young they they still are. Um, So, yeah, she's, you know, for all her downsides, she also has lots of plus sides as well. (laughs) Yeah. So I want want to challenge you to get her out earlier and see if that that works. And see if that works. Yeah, we'll do. Stay tuned for a quick message from my sponsor. Hi, my name is Shari Hodes, and I'm the president of Aura Limited, a proud all-women-owned brand marketing and global sourcing agency. Simply put, we provide fashion-forward swag for any and all of your branding needs. Please visit us at www.auralimitedspelledout.com. Well, Laura, thank you so much for coming on. I've so enjoyed and I love what you're doing. I love that you found a path in your life with having children and families, but also Mm -hmm. helping other families do some really important things. So I'm really excited for my listeners to have. And so you are, you're virtual, obviously you you work with everyone around, you know, the world. And, um, so shout out again, and you don't have to spell it this time, shout out your, and this will be in the show notes as well, but where people can find you. Um, you can find me by just typing in Savvy Peacocks and then my website, my Instagram, my Facebook, my LinkedIn will all come up. How did you get a Savvy Peacocks? That's the last question I'm going to ask. Oh, okay. So I knew I wanted to use the word savvy because obviously that has lots of positive connotations with finances. And then I, I couldn't quite work out what to link it with. And then one day this peacock image came in my mind and I couldn't get it out. And I was like, oh gosh, I, I really want to use that now because I love all the colors and I could envisage all the branding and everything. And I was like, how do I draw that into what I want to offer? Because like by then I already know who I wanted to serve and how I wanted to serve right. them. Um, so I just thought, oh, sod it. We'll be Savvy Peacocks. And now actually it's really good because it's really memorable. Everyone knows who I am when they say Savvy Peacocks. And what I've done is I've developed it into become a Savvy Peacock. You know, that's part of your mission. Which I love. And peacocks are so beautiful. And I just. Yeah, I, and they've got great meaning. So, yeah, it yeah. fits in nicely. But so that's also where I love is whether it's whether you believe in God or the universe, but I believe in God. So I say like, God kind of was like, you're doing the Mm. right thing. And I want to keep channeling and giving you these, these little visions to show you, yes, keep moving forward. And he's going to keep, or she's going to keep whatever you, again, whatever you believe in is going to keep moving you forward. And that's what I want you guys that are listening to hear. If you have something that's in your mind, just do it because it's all going to lay out and there's going to be things that you start that don't come to fruition, Mm. but you're going to learn from it. Everything you do, you're going to learn from something. And that is what's so important. So Laura, thank you so much for joining your next stop. And um, I'm excited for my listeners to hear this. And guys, if you like what you hear, you know what to do, rate, review and share and also go to Laura's podcast, which by the time this episode comes out, it's going to be the fall. So you will have been in there for a long time. And that's savvy. What is it? Money savvy parents? money savvy parents. So go over and check that out. Share with people because guys, this is an important topic and it starts with this young generation. And as I said, as you guys heard me say, shit, my kids are a little bit older, but guess what? I can still teach them so then they can teach their children. So thank you again, Laura. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Julia. It's been an honor. I hope you liked this episode of Your Next Stop. Please subscribe to my channel, share with your friends and join in each week. 